Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here today to discuss with you the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it's our really our first week since with no Marvel content to discuss. Yeah, I mean... No we, new Marvel content. No new discuss. stuff. Well, so much to discuss, and we, and we will over the next few weeks, but no new content. Last time we did... Last episode we did like a season two wrap-up. Which, I mean, wasn't technically new content? Well, like, new enough. It's still, like, us wrapping up a current season of a thing. And we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll cover some more Daredevil talk, I'm sure, and some more Avengers talk over the next couple of weeks. Um, we're also planning to start on some comics talk in the next couple of weeks. So what we're going to do is we're going to do... Tonight, we're going to cover news. News. And then we're going to cover... Uh, all of our Avengers feedback that we've received over these past few weeks. We've been getting feedback, but we didn't want to do it on, until we did a good spoiler. And some of, of them are really long. Avengers. Yeah, some of them are very long. So uh, we're just going to cover Avengers feedback tonight. So if you've left us any spoilery feedback for Avengers, that will happen tonight. Um, we'll get to the Daredevil stuff on our Daredevil roundup, which should be next week. Should be next week. Uh, you guys are in for a treat tonight. Lots of... Lots of uh, hearing. You're in for your treat. We're in for a treat, actually, yeah. from you guys, is, is what it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, get started on the news, Jeff. Well, we always like rumors around here, right? Of course. How about this one? Do you know who Tilda Swinton is? Uh, I do. Okay. Tilda Swinton is rumored to have been offered a role in Doctor Strange. Which role, you might ask? Which Which role? The role of the Ancient One. I know people are cheering right now, gasping. And for those of you who don't know, probably you included. Yeah, don't know much about the Ancient One. The Ancient One is Doctor Strange's mentor, kind of the um, the Sorcerer Supreme before he was Sorcerer Supreme. Passed down the mantle. Gotcha. So he's like the previous Sorcerer Supreme, maybe, sort of, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. in the comics, it is a he, correct? Yeah, it's generally... The Ancient One is generally depicted as a Tibetan monk, male, aged. And apparently now they're rumoring Tilda Swinton, which, I mean... I've heard that. She did She did a pretty bang-up job in Constantine, I, I must say. Wait, wait, who did she play in Constantine? She was the angel. Like, the bad. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten she was in that. Okay. Yeah. She 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 definitely has a um a certain gravitas. She does. She has a certain gravitas and a certain weirdness yeah. to her acting and a just kinda of, quirky is not the word. It, it's creepy. Uh, honestly she has <laughs> kind of a creepy vibe about her in some of her things. Um and so that's uh, I think like I think she could be good. She could be good and like sort of foreboding and so she has sort of an alien presence to the way she acts. Yeah. Have you um, seen uh, Snowpiercer? She was in Snowpiercer. I've not seen Snowpiercer. Oh man, her part in Snowpiercer, like you look at her and you're like, is that the same person? Yeah. Why did she do that to her face? I wonder. I wonder if she'll play it as a male or a female, because <laughs> I could see her going either way, honestly. <laughs> um, just because I could see her being all method like that. Yeah. Um, and, and I've heard some people complaining about this uh, possible decision. It's At this point, it's just a rumor because they're not uh, – I believe it's, it's, an, it's an Asian character in the comics. Yeah, and, like a Tibetan monk kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, and, and, and really there's ancient. 
old, so to speak. And they're, you know, I've, I've heard some podcasts complain that they're not including including it as an Asian. Then I've heard other people complaining that it's not a man, which is almost like, I don't know, it's, it's so funny. It's like the opposite sort of thing. It's like the people complaining about it being a man or the people who are like sticklers for content or for like, we don't want a woman as this character. And then the other people are complaining that they're swapping it from a uh, minority to just a white person. So it's like, it's like they can't win weird controversy happening from both sides. <laughs> they can't win both sides of the issues. That's unfortunate, but I'm, I'm, I don't know anything about the character, so I'm not very attached to, uh, the ancient one in its current incarnation. So whatever, well, whatever they do, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be interesting. See, I've always thought of the ancient, the, the ancient one can be any person. It's really, it's more of just the title of like, this is the ancient one. Hmm. And it could be like a different incarnation or a reincarnation, you know, in a new form or whatever. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, that makes sense based on how the mystic realm functions. I'm okay with it. I like yeah. Tillis Win. Cool. All right, what else you got? What else do I have? Well, what else do you have? I mean, there's a lot of pictures going around. We'll post those in the um if you're if you're listening to this podcast on Blog Talk Radio, we'll have our uh, slideshow presentation going of all of the pictures that have been posted that I've run across. Uh, a lot of them are Ant-Man related this week, just because Marvel is starting up the hype train for Ant-Man, especially yeah. after that amazing second trailer that they had. Yeah, the second trailer really, really uh, made me excited for the movie more so than I had been previously. Uh, I still, I still find it strange. I still feel like they're not. They're definitely not putting the promotion machine behind this one the way they have some other movies i almost even feel like with guardians they they put the promotion machine behind it a lot more yeah yeah with guardians they uh they did like there was a uh screen or a scene screening yeah that was I like that, three yeah. weeks beforehand yeah, like, of just one scene yeah well it was 15 minutes of the movie yeah but it, but was, it was one scene majorly one scene and and that, i uh, yeah, that got me even more excited. Um, yeah, some and, and I like Paul Rudd a lot, and it's in the same way that I like uh, Chris Pratt, you know. And I think that Paul Rudd could carry this movie, but I, but I, I just, I don't know. All the Edgar Wright stuff, and then the fact that Marvel's not pushing it as hard, and it makes and like if they did a fifteen minute uh, screening. release screening like they did with uh, Guardians. That shows a lot of confidence. It like it's like yeah. that's the best way to promote a movie. Like, watch ten minutes of this, you will come back. Like we know you'll <laughs> come back to this. Um, and I feel like they're just just doing less of it. And I, I, I hope that doesn't mean bad things. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that Ant Man yeah. has no other movies on the on the books until like twenty nineteen. So like, it just seems like Ant Man's gonna get be like a one shot movie. Which I, I mean, I think he's gonna make it into the Avengers. I do. Paul Rudd's already been seen on set of Civil War. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I know. Um, that's part of the pictures. Cool. He's been photographed. Well, those pictures will be on, but we'll, we'll post some stuff, some links on Facebook, and we'll also have them on Blog Talk Radio if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio. Speaking of Civil War. Some of the pictures that we had up last week were Crossbones and Cap fighting. And Crossbones... Crossbones looks a little intense. 
in that. But uh, he's being played by Frank Grillo, obviously. Same guy that did it before, that did Brock Rumlow before. Uh, Frank Grillo said, though, in an interview that his uh, his part of filming is done. He said all he had to do was in Atlanta. Uh, they're going up to Berlin next, he thinks. But like with his part being done... Some people are thinking, oh, Crossbones is over. He's not going to show up anymore. He's not going to be a big part. He said to those people who think that Crossbones is done, and he, this was in a tweet, so he said, um, don't get caught with your guard down. Seems to me that he's going to be coming back later. Hmm. Like in a later movie? Recurring villain. I like good. Rec- I like a good recurring villain. Me too. I didn't find him super interesting in in uh, Winter Soldier. He just he was fine, but he just wasn't like he was a supporting character. Yeah, very much so. And so it's exciting to see that he might be. You know, every time he comes back, we'll add a little bit more complexity to that character and a little more weight behind him on screen. So that's cool. Let's talk about these set photos. What about these set photos? What is going on with these Hollywood slash Atlanta films that they cannot keep people off the set taking pictures? I feel like I never, I mean, I realize we all have phones in our pockets now. and It's hard to keep all the phones and cameras. Like, there's way more of that tech around. And there's a lot of interest in these two movies, Batman v Superman, as well as, uh, you know, Avengers, Ant-Man, Civil War, all these movies. Well, the Ant-Man ones were released by Marvel. That's true. Like, that's true. On their site. Yeah, you're right. Nobody cares photos. about Ant-Man. Um, okay. <laughs> just joking. I care. I care <laughs> greatly. But I, there's no, there's definitely not the intense buzz that there is about Batman v Superman or Avengers or Civil War. You know? Yeah. Um, there's not as much like upside if a photographer gets a picture of that. Um, I think Marvel doesn't care about people on the set taking pictures it just drives the hype machine yes and and i and i agree with you the marvel pictures that came out looked professionally taken like they looked like they were done really well but there there were even videos there were videos showing the choreography between crossbones and captain america like i was just like what is happening why am i seeing this two years early no just i guess only like eight months early at this point Comes out next year. Damn, that's crazy. Next year, that's crazy. sir. Um, well, we we're getting it. We're getting it, uh, eleven months away. The thing is with the DC ones, though, they're really they just have, they look real shitty. <laughs> um, they're like just horribly done pictures taken with cell phones, and it looks like the pictures taken with an, like, like an iPhone four. Or 3GS. Yeah. Or, or worse. Like, I feel like they was taken with a flip phone half of them. Um, and there were, like, there were videos of uh, the Batman stunt double on top of Joker's car. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Batman is in... Uh, Apparently not, he's going to have a bigger role. See, I'm not sure about that. Everyone, everyone's kind of saying that. Well, no one knew he was in it for sure. So, yeah. yes, a bigger role than Zero. But I have a feeling... <laughs> This is Greater what I would love zero. to see. This is me having very rose-colored glasses about the, the 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 Suicide Squad movie. I don't trust DC at all, but if they're smart, I feel like this would be an amazing movie. A movie told from the perspective of Harley Quinn, okay. and it's like 
that's why the tone is so different. That's why there's a Joker mobile. That's why like everything is so, you know, a little nuttier than it seems like it is in the rest of the DC cinematic universe. Uh, and it could be like her telling as the suicide squad's doing their mission. It's her telling the story of how she met the Joker. And it's like this nightclub and he's this man rolling up and he's got this Joker mobile. And it just, it all seems so silly. And then like, all the while you have this Batman plot that's going on and Batman's chasing the Joker, but like, that's not what the story Holly Harley Quinn is telling. (laughs) And so you just might see Batman like fly by on a car, but he's like in the background or something. That's what I'd love to see. Like, that'd be hilarious. I would really enjoy a Harley Quinn point of view movie. (laughs) Yeah. But DC's not going to do that. I don't know. They said no jokes in any of their films. Yeah. I just can't imagine them making, His name is the Joker. The Joker. That's his name. (laughs) He was in a movie already where there was super serious. Yeah, but there were lots of jokes. Yeah, but they were bad. Yeah, but they were they were jokes. They were dark. Yeah, they were they were dark. They weren't bad. They were dark. The pencil trick. Come on. It was really good. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) It's real dark and gross, but it's hilarious. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. That is that is all DC stuff. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Although I wanted to mention this early on in the cast, since we last aired, iTunes has a new podcast, and it's one of my good friends, Dave. Uh, he is doing the uh, DC on screen podcast. Um, Dave, who who we've heard before and featured as a guest, that is correct. That very David Robertson, uh, he is uh, he has been on uh, he was on a couple of our Daredevil casts, and he was on some of our early casts when we were first getting started. Um, he has started a DC on screen podcast where he's going to be covering um, uh, all of the all, all the, the bad all stuff the DC content, and it, 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 I don't envy him. It's like there's so much to cover. Because he's, he's covering all the CW television stuff, the Gotham stuff, Supergirl that's coming out soon, all of the movies. Um, they're not doing as exhaustive. They're doing more conversations than they are exhaustive reviews of each episode. Um, but still, it's just so much to watch and so much to cover. I don't envy him at all. I don't envy him because that's a lot of disappointing content to sit through. <laughs> so mean, but oh, it's who, true. Who am I kidding? I sit through it anyway. Um, <laughs> now I've heard the Flash is not disappointing, but I just cannot get off my ass to go watch it. It's it, yeah, Flash has been pretty good. I like Gotham a lot, although I know every time I say that, the viewers uh, get back to me with how horrible Gotham is. Yeah, the listeners. Um, but uh, yeah, Dave Dave has a very similar sensibility to me uh, when it comes to content, and so I know he's disappointed about the fact that all of that stuff isn't tied together because me and him grew up watching. Star Trek. I've mentioned on this podcast before how Star Trek was like my first deep continuity show. Like I yeah. love deep continuity because when when I was a kid, we would sit around and talk about all the li- how all the little tiny next generation episodes tied into little tiny parts of the uh, original series, which tied into Deep Space Nine, which tied uh, you know all that all that cross continuity that I loved so much as a kid. That's very much what Marvel is doing for me now. Like that's, I'm getting that fix from Marvel. Um, and then he, he's, he's having to do like cover four different universes over there. <laughs> so I don't envy that, but he, he loves it. Uh, and he, he loves the Marvel Cinematic Universe too, but he's, uh, he's doing the DC on screen podcast. So you guys check him out. DC on screen. It's at, 
uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> everywhere else. So if you're looking for a DC podcast, go find it and subscribe and or favorite it right now so that when you're done with this, you can listen to that. You know, like Joe Casada says all the time, it's all connected. And you always, we always talk about interconnectivity. Mm-hmm. He... <laughs> He needs to have a phrase or a slogan that's just kind of like, none of it's connected. For DC? <laughs> yeah, for DC, because none of it is. It's all yep. separate. It's all separate that's things. So all that CW stuff's connected, and it is getting pretty cool. The CW stuff is connected to itself, but nothing else. Like, yeah, and, and, and the quality is just not as there Yeah, with the CW stuff. I like it. I, I'm starting to get into some of the storylines, but... It's just the quality. It's just a different level. It's just a different level of quality than the Marvel stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you want to hear about some other news? I do. I do. Some Marvel news? Mm-hmm. How about some Marvel Sony news? Mm-hmm. You've piqued my interest. <laughs> you have my interest. Now you have my attention. <laughs> anyway, so Marvel and Sony apparently screen-tested six actors over the weekend. And we've reported before that there was a rumor out there that Asa Butterfield was in final negotiations. Well, that's wrong. That was just rumor, and it appears to have been false. However, he was one of the six that was screen-tested. Um, they were in Atlanta, and they did an all-day screen-test for these six um, young gentlemen. Mm. Just a long time. Apparently, um, the Russo brothers were there. Feige was there. Um, who else was there? Amy Pascal was there as well. She's from Sony, correct? Yeah. She's the Sony uh, former uh, former officer that stepped down to be um, be more of a producer ish role. Okay. I'm really this this and is gonna be really Feige. telling how yeah. this works out and who they choose and who who how that how this movie ends up going, um, how the Spider Man portions of this movie are, is really gonna be telling about what the relationship between Sony and Marvel is gonna be like. Because if they really do a poor job, it's it's gonna show that Marvel's done a great job up till now. If the Spider-Man stuff falls flat, I'm pretty much just going to blame Sony <laughs> um, for for getting their fingers in it, you know? Yeah, and most of the time they just rush his life. Apparently, the, the plan is to do three solo Spidey films where he's still in high school. I've heard that. Yeah. So they think of maybe like one per year? I don't know. Are they going to... Because generally the Spider-Man movies will release like every two years, maybe every three years. But... If they're going to try to do, while he's still young enough to play high school for three years, which these kids do look young. These pictures, yeah, they do. Aza Butterfield, as well as all of the others, just look like super, you know, Spidey babies. Um, <laughs> Spidey babies. It's a good term. A little, little nervous about the super youngness, but I, I, I also, I'm nervous about it in one sense, and I'm also excited because I can't wait to see... What happened? I don't know what Marvel can do with a super-powered child, you know? They've done such a good job with everything else, so a super-powered I mean, you teen. grew up reading sure, Spider-Man, so... but reading and seeing that. on screen are two very different things. Yeah, that's true. You have to have an actual child actor who can handle that role. 
and, and not make it just look like a kid's movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have faith. I I I do too. So the uh, the people we've got Asa Butterfield who was um, you know chief Ender's role game. in Ender's Game. We've got Tom Holland who has done not much of anything. I mean, he's only nineteen, but still, um, he's done Locke, How I Live Now, Billy Elliot, The Musical, Live, The Impossible. Hmm. So 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 no name. Yeah, fairly known, unknown name. actor, pretty much. Fairly, fairly unknown young actor. Uh, we've also got Charlie Plummer, who has appeared on Boardwalk Empire before. Charlie Rowe, who uh, who was in Red Band Society that got canceled. Uh, Matthew Lentz, who is going to be uh, in Pixels this summer, I believe it is. Cool. Uh, and Judah Lewis, who plays a young Johnny Utah in the upcoming Point Break remake. Weird. And you're like, they were remaking Point Break? I, I did know they were making, uh, okay. remaking Point Break, and I've seen the trailer, and it looks weird. Okay. It looks weird. Yeah, apparently there were 1,500 actors that were narrowed down to these six. Hmm. And That's, then, yeah. All isn't that just like testing. all the high school kids in America? Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's like all the high school actors ever. I'm bad with math. Yeah. I think there were 1,500 boys in my high school. <laughs> uh, I think there were 1,500 in my graduating class. Well, I don't class. really have a... I haven't seen... We had 3,000, so it was probably about 1,500 boys. Yeah. Uh, I don't... I don't know who of those I would prefer. I really don't. I know that Asa Butterfield's obviously been in a big screen movie before, and maybe he'll be able to handle that um, better. Who knows? Um, I've heard nothing but great things about Boardwalk Empire, Empire, but I haven't seen it. But I just know it's like a very respected show, so I'm assuming that that, yeah. that actor's probably pretty solid as well. Um, the Pixels thing—I don't uh, the guy who's played it in Pixels—I <laughs> don't know what to think of that. Uh, most of the uh, <laughs> Most of the Adam Sandler movies these last few years have kind of fallen flat. So, yeah, I think the last good thing he did was like Click. Yeah, I liked Click. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought Click was great. Yeah. Anyway, so what else you got? Well, I mean, there's those guys. How about a director narrow down? Yeah. So, because they've been. You know, having to remake this movie again. <laughs> um, Marvel and Sony are now also narrowing down their director search for Spider-Man. They have uh, their their two front runners are Ted Melfi, who did Saint Vincent, and Jonathan Levine, who did Warm Bodies. Yeah, we we discussed. Uh, I don't know if we discussed that first one guy before. We discussed the Warm Bodies guy before. Yeah. Uh, apparently they both have... The last um, time we discussed something, there were like six people on that list, so they're narrowing yeah. it down. Yeah. Um, they both have writing credits, like screenwriter credits on those, uh, but it looks like Marvel is also looking for screenwriters, like a different set, I guess. Huh. So they might help out, but nothing, nothing is solid yet. Nothing's in stone. I guess to put a little bit of perspective on it, St. Vincent is a comedy drama. 
starring Melissa McCarthy and Bill Murray. Oh, that's right. Who we know needs to be in everything. Yeah, Bill Murray needs to be all of the characters in the MCU. So, so maybe if Ted Melfi got it, he could bring Bill Murray with him. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, now, now I'm totally <laughs> for Melfi. I'm down with the Melf. <laughs> that is that okay? Is that I don't, a thing? I don't know if that's gonna fly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little odd. Right, I might fine. say. So anyway, um, they might get those. I mean, there's there's a couple of writers in contention for the screenwriter credit, but like nothing's nothing set in stone. So it'll be something to look forward to, I guess. I really only have like two more pieces of news. I got box office news, and I got just a quick little thing about Luke Mitchell, who played the part of Lincoln in Agents yeah, of Shield. Yeah, what about him? He is being upped to a series regular for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. We thought that might happen, especially with the uh, Secret Warriors little Easter egg there at the end of the the show. So, uh, I think that's that's probably going to be what happens. (laughs) Good (laughs) for him. They're probably going to make us Secret Warriors, and he's probably going to be on it. They need him as a super-powered individual. And he, I mean, besides, he's not bad. He was just misled. <laughs> he was just misled. Zap. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Before we get to the Age of Ultron box office news and comparison or whatever, uh, James Gunn has said that he's completed one draft of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which goes into production in February. Uh, he said he wants the main cast to include a few new additions and wants the core team to include at least two women. He said he's Ooh. also already talking to an actor about playing one of these new additions. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do we know any Guardians of the Galaxy that are women in the comics? My vote's on Mantis. Okay. But then there's also, like, Quasar. There are a lot of possibilities. Cool. <laughs> Captain Marvel I know been, might the, be the somewhere in there somewhere. Guardians of the Galaxy team has been through a bunch of changes over the years. Oh, yeah. so My I, money's on Mantis, though. Okay. Cool. That's where, that's where I like it going. Cool, cool. Well, we'll uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do some of that uh, in the comics uh, in the comics talk next summer. <laughs> maybe we'll do some uh, maybe we'll do some Guardians research and do some reading up on Guardians. Um, cool. There's so much. And you had the Age of Ultron box office numbers so yeah, far? Yeah, man. Uh, Age of Ultron is coming up. They're, uh, they're approaching the $900 million mark. Uh, dom- foreign. Foreign. Not domestic. God, that would be crazy. Um, they're approaching $900 million, um, Foreign. International, so to speak. And um, they're currently at 428 domestic. 894 million foreign and that totals up to uh, about 100 or 1.32 billion worldwide that's awesome and they're not even open in japan yet yeah which so, could be a big market for this movie yeah it looks like they're on track to go past or go past the 900 million dollar mark which puts them up with um like uh the second harry potter deathly hallows movie um uh, one of those Transformers movies, like a lot of big box office number movies. Sure, sure, and we and we all knew it would be. Um, so that's that's great. 
good for good for Age of Ultron. It's good that they're right on track with where we thought they should have been. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like a lot of people thought they'd go up from the first Avengers, though, and they did not achieve that, which is um, yeah, and that's likely because of how different it was from hmm. the first one. Maybe I don't know. Let's talk about some feedback. Snorri on Facebook, um, I cannot read his last name because it has characters that I do not recognize. <laughs> um, Snorri on Facebook says, MCU cast, I challenge you to review, uh, to do a review of Nick Fury, the Agents of Shield, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. I believe he's talking about the one with David Hasselhoff. The Hoff. The Hoff. What do you think? Can we, can we pull that off? It's not part of the MCU, but uh, it would be fun. It yeah. would be really fun. I'd be up for that some night. Maybe we'll just do like a. Uh, I've never seen it. We could do. I haven't either. We could like uh, do a um, commentary track for it or something. <laughs> be fun. I want to watch it like right now. Uh, this is uh, a comic book spoilery. This is a discussion of the comic books, just so you guys know. But it's not spoilery necessarily for the MCU. Uh, Stephanie uh, on Twitter says. Just FYI, Captain Marvel slash Carol Danvers and how she gets into the MCU in the current comic uh, continuity. Carol is dating Tony's best friend, Rhodey, knows Stark, and works with Guardians. Yeah, so. but Gunn has said that he doesn't want uh, Carol Danvers and Guardians. He doesn't want any more Earthlings. Well, Guardians 2. Yeah, and but, Guardians 2. Uh, yeah. But but that that doesn't mean down the road. I think she will definitely end up working with Guardians uh, in the future. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, probably in um, probably in the Infinity War, if if not, you know, after. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy to think what's coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. So much coming, so much coming. Um. Kenny Duncan says, just started listening tonight. Love it. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We will try to provide you fun things to listen to. Um, Nathaniel Muzzy says, uh, FYI, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 is coming to Netflix like now. Apparently, there's an article, there was a, he posted an article on our Facebook about... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about to be up on uh, Netflix, so everybody yeah, can check it out. this month, actually. That's real, that's real fast. That's quick. And normally it doesn't come out till close to... Most shows don't come out till close to time for the new season, so... Yeah, they were on top of it. That's neat. I, I like that a lot. Um, uh, this, this is minor spoilers for Daredevil, but not... Uh, it's, it's an answer to one of our questions. We've been talking about the... Um, if anyone cut off a hand in uh, Daredevil, because uh, it was said that a hand was cut off in every every part of Phase Two, um, Matthew Ryan Cronin wrote us saying, "Good job on the cast." Uh, just to answer your question, Stick cut someone's hand off in Daredevil, yeah. which I believe that would be Daredevil episode seven was seven. the one that was Stick, the episode Stick. Um, and Stephanie wrote us in that same, uh, basically the same feedback, uh, but hers was a little more spoilery, so I left it out. But that you guys both caught that. Uh, I did not recall that. 
Well, we've got a lot of content that we're having to go through. Yeah, we can't we can't do it all. We need you people. All right, now we're going to go into a spoiler section. We're going to go into a single spoiler section for Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, but first, let me tell you that we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with Forty Five Magazine and a part of the Helicarrier Network. A proud member, proud member of the Helicarrier Network. If you want to reach out to us, we are at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, if you want to help us out another way, you can leave an iTunes review. Um, Five-star iTunes reviews really help us out, and they really help us get the podcast into more people's ears. So, um, and that's where I want to be. I want to be all up in your ears. I want to be in everyone's ears. It sounds creepy when you say it. I know. Uh, <laughs> that's the point. All right. Well, uh, so I think we're going to steal a spoiler section. Steeler section. A spoiler section for Avengers Age of Ultron. So if you have not seen Avengers Age of Ultron, we will be spoiling it and discussing some feedback starting now. All right. So Avengers spoilery feedback in three, two. Oh, we're doing that? One. Uh, Dr. List got blasted in the face. Dr. List got blasted in the face. Yes. Yes, he did. That was early in the film. It was. Ultron had several bodies. <laughs> oh, wait. That wasn't very uh, spoilery. <laughs> Ultron didn't use the vibranium to make himself a new body like he should have. Well, he tried. Maybe. I mean, maybe. That was like his whole plot. Nah. He made the vision body for himself. I mean, he had a vision for what he wanted to do. Ha 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 ha. Well, let's get on some feedback. Thomas Brendan on Facebook. Is that Facebook? Yep. That's, that's Facebook. Facebook. Thomas Brendan on Facebook says, Ultron feedback, colon. Don't get me wrong, I love the movie. Very entertaining. But something was missing for me, and it, and it took a week or two to put my finger on it. Ultron himself was too rushed for me. We know all the main characters through several movies. Loki was first introduced in Thor. Ultron should have been introduced in Iron Man 3. I know, now, I know that Iron Man 3 was crowded, and not the best, but we could have seen Tony working on Ultron, like a few attempts where Ultron seems to work at first and then goes haywire. Tony builds a safety net to allow him to pull the plug. I feel like moving forward, big guys should be introduced in other movies first. Is there a significant bad guy in the Marvel Universe that is worthy of his or her own movie? Hmm. Uh, well, that last question first. I think so. Who do you think is worthy of their own movie? I don't know. But, but there is one. There definitely are. I just love the idea of having, like, villain movies. Like, a real villain movie. I feel like Breaking Bad opened the door to that. Kingpin. <laughs> Kingpin would be awesome. Kingpin would be fantastic. Who we, the Kingpin who we, who we have now. Um, I'm trying to think who I really like. All the, all, the, all the villains I'm thinking of are, like, owned by Fox. Uh <laughs> Well, no, if we had a, a Thanos, like, oh, sure. a Thanos movie, that would be awesome. I almost feel like that would be almost necessary. We definitely are going to need... I mean, we've already had multiple appearances of Thanos, but we're going to need some sort of lead We don't really know in. what drives him, though. Yeah, because we, we, we know from comics what drives him, but we don't really know in the MCU what they're going to go with, you know? Yeah. His exact... Um, 
you know, all he knew, all we know status. is that he will bathe the starways in someone's blood. Yeah, we know he's kind of a badass because all he does is sit in a chair and everyone fears him. I've never been scared of somebody that just sits in a chair. Yeah, but I, I'm a little scared of Thanos, just a little bit. Um, but your other thoughts about Ultron being underdeveloped, I agree. I honestly agree wholeheartedly. As much as I, I, I hate the precedent that we kind of have to set up characters, but that's kind of what the Avengers movies are, at least the first one. Um, all of the characters in Avengers, there are very few characters that are introduced in Avengers. Yeah. Um, n- none, really, that I can think of, except for like minor S.H.I.E.L.D. characters and things. Um, the Chitauri, I guess, as a group are introduced, but, uh, there's really no, uh, there's no one in Avengers 1, and I think you're right, I think the Avengers movie should be, you've introduced all the characters, you've done the work of building the characters, and now it's a matter of, like, putting them together. Yeah, and bring see, them all together now. Bring them all together, and and just the shit hits the fan like that's what those movies are supposed to be and this um this one was a little more like you had to build Ultron from scratch and a lot of people hated Iron Man 3 I think that um you know in a weird way in a weird way they kind of did introduce Ultron in Iron Man 3 <laughs> not that they introduced the character of Ultron of course but they, they introduced, introduced the the idea of the Iron Legion yes they introduced the idea of the Iron Legion which morphs to become this force, you know, that he's just looking for AI to put in the Iron Legion. And then, so in a way, they did do that. I, they sowed the seeds more than introduced. Yeah, they definitely didn't introduce him as a character. But I think you can't introduce him as a character until he goes haywire. Fair. That well, is no. the Ultron character. Not necessarily. Uh, the you way think they, they could have had, like, a well-functioning Ultron? Well, yeah, the way that they did it in... Um, the God, I'm gonna reference the cartoon series again. Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. The way that they introduced him there is that he was just a bot with several of them that Hank Pym had just kind of around that he had been working on, you know, on the side or whatever, mm-hmm. as like a global peacekeeping kind of thing. And then he eventually, um, in order to help defend the planet, he taught Ultron. Uh, about violence and how to like just enact violence on somebody else and then with that concept it kind of spiraled into Ultron is now bad because humanity just makes violence with each other and they all have to be wiped out they definitely could have done more but I will say after thinking about it they kind of did do at least a little bit of what Thomas is talking about. They did sow the seeds of Ultron in Iron Man 3. He was working on the Iron Legion. He did have, like, robots that came to his aid when he needed help and stuff. <laughs> of course, one of them attacked Pepper, which was not so good. Um, so so in a way, he exactly what Thomas is talking about, him tinkering and working on Ultron, he kind of was doing that. So, At yeah, least in the smallest of ways. And we didn't hear about Ultron, though. No, Until, that's true. It like, would have been nice for him to be like, we're working on the Ultron project. Yeah. Or like, activate Operation Clean Slate, let's go with Ultron. Yeah, or something, something like, like that. That, that Just, would have been neat. You know, lay the foundation. But then, like, we didn't hear about Ultron until like, 30 minutes into the movie, or something like that. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't that long, but still. Like, it was, 
pretty much as soon as they get their stone, their hands on the stone. It was several minutes into the movie before we even heard the name Ultron. Sure. And sure. then they started working on it. Absolutely. Um, so okay. I guess we can move on. Yes, Next absolutely. One. Uh, Mr. Brian Reeve. Oh my goodness, Brian, you have a very long feedback here. There's have, a lot of discussion points. We may have to break this up. Uh, do we want to discuss them all individually as yeah, they come sure. up? Yeah, sure. Let's sure. do like a paragraph at a time. All right. First thing we want to address. Great show, exclamation mark. Thank you. Addressed. <laughs> uh, he said, great show. I stumbled on the Age of Ultron episodes when I was looking for more discussion to help expand my understanding of the movie and the MCU as a whole. Like critics have been saying about the film, I found that a single podcast, discounting the first impressions, was not remotely enough to, sh to go into satisfying detail. I came to the realization that we are in a day and age where a single MCU film is not required to go into the details some have grown to expect in a good movie. We're at a point where the, the internet makes intelligent discussion and debate possible to help round out our own personal understanding and experience within this movie. Additionally, we have a wealth of comic book history to draw from to round out character development and fuel excitement and speculation about what is to come. Honestly, my first impression was that Age of Ultron was pure cinematic eye candy. Then I realized I was spending a huge amount of effort discussing the MCU with my wife and kids and rewatching the Phase 1 and Phase 2 films to date. Each film is but a single installment in such an incredibly expansive universe. Each film strengthens all the other films. Just as Stark is addicted to his suits and the power they give him, question mark, I cannot get enough dialogue about Age of Ultron and the future of the MCU. You need to do a part two of the podcast discussion, wink emoticon. Hey, I think we're doing that right now. Are we doing that? Kind of doing, sure right doing that In my opinion, there are some things worth discussing drawing connections with unplanned, or sorry, with planned upcoming films. Let's, let's, let's stop there for a second. Um. I think what he's saying is very interesting. I do think we're at a place in movie, especially, you know, genre movie or nerd movie or whatever, where those movies take a lot more. There's a lot more enjoyment to be had from them than just sitting down and watching them for two hours. I always feel actually kind of when I see a great movie, a drama or whatever, like a non genre non-comic book movie or even a comic book movie um that is just a one shot i watch it and i'm like that was great where's the rest of it yeah like there's this feeling in me like i want to see the rest of the story or i want to know more and nowadays with the way they're making these movies there's so much you can do not to mention like he's talking about discussion and how that how important that is to the enjoyment of a thing. Um, the discussion we have here every week on the podcast, like that gets me revved up and excited for the thing. So I get this like months of stewing enjoyment out of the excitement that I feel, but then I also get the movie itself. Then I also get excitement of discussing what does this mean for the next, you know, the next movie. And I think that's very, uh, that's a smart observation on his part. That's cool. The internet has done what they promised it would. It has brought us together. <laughs> um, well, uh, he also he he goes on to talk about specific points, and I figure we could maybe tackle some of these specific points at uh, at one time. Uh, will Ultron show up in future films? 
Critics point out that Ultron as a villain was not a satisfying character or enemy. In the comics, there are countless iterations of Ultron, because at his essence, he is purely software, which allows pieces of him to survive destruction after destruction of his primary host. Did the Avengers really defeat him, or will he show up later? Thanos plus Ultron? Uh, I do have something to mention about that. Yeah, what do you got? In comics continuity, uh, he built in a subroutine into uh, Jocasta and into the Vision that make them, when Ultron is destroyed, rebuild him without even knowing that they're rebuilding him. Like, without thinking about the fact that they're rebuilding him. Like, Jarvis makes a robot, and he's thinking, oh, this is going to be a great robot. It's going to be something else, something that's nice. It's going to sweep the floor. or something. And it's just like, oh, that's Ultron. Oh, crap. Interesting. I accidentally made Ultron, and now he's got an adamantium body. What do we do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with him. There are countless ways they can bring him back. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite points that I've thought about uh, in thinking about the death of Ultron and whether he's coming back is I'm not sure that the vision killed him. Yeah. I'm really just not sure. Uh, it, it, it does a very, it, they tried to make it beautiful. Like hit the death of Ultron that show it jumps back and you see that MB like bathed in yellow light. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what all the mind stone can do. We know it's a computer. What if he was actually like, uploading the Ultron what program. If he, what if he just absorbed him back into it? Because Exactly, yeah. Like the Mind Stone is what gave Ultron his life, yeah. basically. It is the the AI existed in the Ultron AI existed inside that stone, which we've talked about on the cast in the past. It's possible that Thanos sent Ultron uh, maybe like a kind of a formless Ultron and then Stark gave him his form, but like Thanos sent that stone to Earth, and is that like a secondary Thanos attack? Especially given the very ending of the movie, uh, the uh, the mid credit sequence with him grabbing the gloves, saying, "I'm going to do it myself." It seems like it's possible that he intent this this movie as well as the others was intended to be a part of the Thanos t- attack. You know, the Avengers one was him sending Loki. Avengers two was this. Uh, this stone, this backup, this backup plan that he had that if in case, uh, in case Loki didn't make it, his staff would go on and create <laughs> Ultron. And if you remember, there were those robot bodies in the base of, of the, in the base of the Hydra, in the basement of that Hydra base. Yeah. That's where the robot bodies came from. Um, and it seems like they were already working on an Ultron before Tony ever got involved. And Tony's Tony's creation of it just kind of gave it its personality, I think. Um, Tony just gave it James Spader. Yeah, yeah. And if you weird, it, did you notice <laughs> James Spader's voice in the early scene? When it's just the the robots are telling the people, please back away. This area is unsafe. Kind the, of in the first scene, like when one of the first scenes of the movie, when yeah. they're fighting near the town, there's like the the robot legion or whatever is telling people to back away. That was absolutely James Spader's voice. Was it? Yeah, so all right. that was pretty awesome. Um, okay, 
guess we'll hit this next point. Next one. By the way, critics of Ultron's human nature and comedic delivery seem to discount the fact that he is not only a reflection of Stark's ego, but is derived directly from it. James Spader nailed it so well, I can't believe people don't experience how much Ultron is the pure, egotastic parts of Stark. Excellent casting choice and superb delivery. Hmm. What do you think of that? I agree. I definitely think that's what they were going for. I don't know that I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, I guess when he was programming, he was just making him in his own image. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it, it works. It works. He's his father. I mean, that's why he calls him Junior. Yeah, I really wish they'd done a little more with that. Like, I really wish they'd played a little more with the father, grandfather, son thing happening <laughs> that they had going on with uh, with Tony, Ultron, and Vision. Grandpa. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> so, Vision. He goes on to say, there's a lot of talk about Vision. Who is freaking awesome? But no talk about the death, quote-unquote, of Jarvis. In my opinion, the AI man behind Iron Man was as much a valid character and such an integral part of Stark's powers. What about the introduction of Friday as a character how she, or, and how she may play a role in the rift in Civil War? Hmm. I, I love Jarvis um, in the Iron Man movies and in, in Avengers 1, but I don't know that I ever really felt like he was a character. Oh, yeah. He is. I mean, sure. He's it's, such a character. It's a romantic idea. I never got a sense that he had, like, you know, he doesn't have his own agency or, like, he doesn't have his own. He's not, he's never doing anything on his own. He's m- mostly just comic relief slash exposition. So, <laughs> Which foggy? I liked. Huh? So, foggy? <laughs> That's what, kind of what sidekicks do in a lot of these things. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, so perfect Jarvis character he was fine yeah, yeah he was good I mean I like I like Jarvis I like him, I like him a lot but I I didn't feel like we lost Jarvis when we turned it when he turned into vision no he's just a different version now he's been incorporated into the vision yeah so that you know I don't feel like we've lost him although it was super sad when, when I saw Ultron had destroyed um destroyed him I was like super sad <laughs> Oh no, Jarvis, no! Yeah. And then Tony pieced him back together. Yep. Because he was changing the codes. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say, You discussed briefly how this film sets up Civil War nicely. I disagree with that, and it is my... Or it is one of my only complaints about the film. An overarching theme was togetherness, which works well to, p- to portray the Avengers as an established team. However, I feel there was a missed opportunity to seed a rift between Cap and Stark when Stark created Ultron behind the backs of the others. The seed is kind of there, but it wasn't really planted as all seemed forgiven. Hmm. I... Yeah, they definitely ended on a fine note. Like, they, they weren't at each other's throats at the end of the movie. That's for sure. So something's going to have to happen to catalyze that relationship again, for sure. Yeah, but the they've shown that that can happen between them fairly easily. I mean, Cap ripped a log in half. because yeah, he's he was, Cap. That's how he works out. <laughs> he ripped a log in half because he, he was around just, ripping logs in half. He was That's tired of what, Tony saying shit. It's kind of what he does. It's one of his things. 
Uh, I'm playing in my hometown this week. I just got a text from my mom. Uh, uh, my mom just texted me. I'm playing in my hometown, and she's super excited about it because I don't get to play in my hometown very often. Uh, but the the city hired me to play this big creek walk concert, and uh, there's a huge sign in my hometown that keeps like showing a picture and like the event date and everything. It's like a big digital sign that keeps flashing my picture up. And my mom's so excited that like her son is like, I don't know, I can do whatever. I'm playing in these much bigger cities, you know, playing music and. Uh, but playing in our hometown and seeing like, you know, being on a billboard, being on a billboard where she can see me. That's huge for her. <laughs> uh, and it is, it's really sweet. Uh, I got the gig because she called them. She was like, you need to hire my son. And they looked into it like, all right, sure. <laughs> um, I got a call from the lady. They were like, uh, your mom's been calling us. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, but anyway, she just passed it, and I just got a text saying that they have me as Nat Carroll. <laughs> N-A-T-T. I'm Matt Carroll for the listener. <laughs> That's funny. Those are right next to each other on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> totally, totally. So totally anyway. Reasonable mistake. Feedback. I, I do agree that the overarching theme was togetherness, but... Part of of planting the seeds is just showing the possibility being there for them to be at each other's throats. Yeah, and that's they did a lot of that with Cat being. They didn't want to go there yet. Very upset. You wait. We missed a piece of news, and it it, it works directly in here. You were telling me about news that uh, apparently Robert Downey Jr. has already finished filming on Civil War. Yeah, there. There is uh, a news article stating that. I don't remember seeing where RDJ actually said that, but apparently his part of filming on Civil War is done. Okay, if that's true, it sounds like he's less of a part of Civil War than maybe we were expecting. Which makes me nervous, especially seeing as they haven't cast Spider-Man yet. So either... He's, it sounds like those two aren't going to interact at all, (laughs) which is really disappointing, you know? Yeah. So. I just, I, I, it's the only time I've seen that news and I haven't read anything else about it. So like, I kind of want to dismiss it. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe that's the case. Anyway, my point is who knows if, uh, to, 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 um, to the, the listener's point here, um, Brian's point, uh, it's possible that the way that Civil War goes down in the comic books is not going to be the way it goes exactly. RDJ may not be the leader of the one side, you know? Well, I mean, I also left out another bit of rumor where there's supposedly another Hulk that's supposed to show up in this film. Another Hulk? Yeah. Other than Bruce Banner? Well, like, uh, Red Hulk, She-Hulk, Red She-Hulk, Scar, one of those. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, any th- this is continuing with Brian's feedback. Any thoughts on why the MCU uh, deviates from the comics in regards to the creator of Ultron? It seems there was another missed opportunity to introduce Hank Pym. The genius who creates Ultron is the original Ant-Man in the comics. Pym will be this year's Ant- in this year's Ant-Man movie. Any thoughts 
as to where as to why there was no tie-in to that film. At very least, he could have been co-creator of Ultron, perhaps instead of Banner. It seems odd to end MCU's Phase 2 with Ant-Man as a standalone movie with no obvious tie-in to the existing films. I'm curious to see how that all plays out. I am also curious. Um, <laughs> I, in the initial releases about the movie, it was stated in the synopsis for this movie that Hank Pym, that Tony Stark is awakening... Yeah, he's dusting off an old AI program, a peacekeeping protocol. Originally created by Hank Pym. Yeah. So it was Hank Pym's old. He was co creator of Ultron, even though he wasn't involved with it at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's strange that they decided not to even mention that in the actual film. It almost makes it not canon to me. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think what we're going to get is we're going to get Hank Pym explaining that in Ant Man. That he. Yeah. Like, you we know. saw how Tony screwed up the things that I had done before, and I'm not going to leave this in his hands. Yeah, and he's gonna, they're going to go in to try to get some sort of tech. We don't know what the MacGuffin is going to be in Ant-Man. We know he's trying to steal something um, as Ant-Man. So I think that uh, we're going to see Hank Pym go to Scott Lang and say, look what they did with Ultron. This is my That was my peacekeeping force, and Tony Stark destroyed half the world with it or whatever. Yeah. He destroyed Sokovia. Um we need to we need to we need to go in and get whatever other tech they have out of the hands of Tony Stark, you know. I want you to break in and steal some stuff. <laughs> so so yeah. I think I think it's going to make sense. I think that um we're going to see what what Ant-Man does. It would be pretty awesome if like he's he's tasked with like literally breaking into like the Avengers vault or something. Oh man, that would be and crazy. And we actually see him like little him running around and the Avengers are like walking actual actors and everything are walking around the set. That'd be great. That would be nice. Um, I remember Whedon saying that the, um, with the introduction of Hank Pym, like he just, he couldn't do that. The Edgar Wright thing pushed production back really far. So they couldn't, uh, they couldn't introduce Hank Pym before Avengers two. And Whedon didn't want to take that away from the, the film coming up. Mm. So they went with the, uh, the alternate, path of Tony Stark being the creator which I mean it makes sense that the guy that's interested in robotics and technology and already has an AI dude makes an AI yeah so I mean that it's not a huge logical leap for a lot of people sure but he also said that he didn't want to introduce another science guy like another smart guy <laughs> into the mix yeah you don't want too many smart guys around when, yeah. you, when the world's at risk <laughs> they'll just break it <laughs> They'll well, try to do something and break it. Yeah, I think we'll. I think once we see Ant Man, it will come together. Why this is the wrap up of Phase Three? Like why it's gonna, why it's gonna make sense that way? Yeah, it's. You know, a lot of people have said like, uh, in in comments where people are like, "Is this the beginning of Phase Three or is this the end of Phase two? And people have said, "No, every every time that it's a phase ending, it's been an Avengers film." And I'm like, there's been one instance of that. <laughs> yeah. That's not enough to make a correlation. They did when they said that first Avengers movie. They said, they, the, some of the press around it was talking about how, yeah, this is how we end a phase, you know, with Avenger, Avengers movie. It may have been Joss Whedon. It may have been Kevin Feige. It was one of them said, uh, 
uh, said something to that effect that Avengers movies is how they were going to close out the phases. So it's di- it is different and strange that they're using Ant Man to close out the phase, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll just be this really great epilogue. Maybe for phase two, and I, I could absolutely see that because they're they're going to be dealing with the Ultron mess, you know, in some in some form or fashion. Given that it's Hank Pym, given that he was apparently the co-creator, even if it wasn't said on screen. That might be a deleted scene kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it might be in the really three-hour cut. Is. I really want to see the three-hour cut. Me too. <laughs> I really want to see it. All right. So anyway, he ends it with uh, one final note. You guys joked about Hawkeye's no one would know quote, but didn't draw on the significance of it. Looking back, it was total foreshadowing of Quicksilver saving his life. It seems like Hawkeye isn't a favorite, but he is a really solid secondary character that I'm anxious to see more of in Civil War and Infinity War. Anyways, keep up the great work on the podcast. You guys have convinced me that Agent Carter and Agents of Shield are worth the watch. I'll have to keep up or I'll have to catch up on those and your other podcasts. Oh yeah, uh, and don't forget Daredevil. Don't Do forget Daredevil not. Martin. How dare you? Uh yeah, it, absolutely, especially given his first bit of comments about how he can't get enough of the discussion and enjoyment. Well, that's there's a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that. And, and just just there's also on top of discussion being part of the enjoyment, part of the other enjoyment is the tie-ins with the TV shows. All the like I've said deep continuity, man. It's so much fun for me. And it sounds like you're that kind of guy too, so check it out. And that Hawkeye comment, I I noticed the foreshadowing, but I didn't mention it. I don't know why I didn't mention it. Maybe it was just because it was really funny that he was like, no, 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 no. last time I saw him, Soltron was sitting on him. Poor, mm. poor bastard. <laughs> or missed him already. <laughs> uh, some of these, by the way, I edited down some of these. Uh, so um, I hope I didn't misrepresent anyone, but I just tried to edit them down to the meek. Some of them were super long. That one, for some reason, I didn't do that. He had a lot of points. Yeah, he did have make. a lot of points. Um, Tom Hood on Facebook said, since Cap has a new Avengers team, and since Tony Stark is fine trying to make huge intellectual decisions with his science bro banner and not telling the team, as well as the upcoming characters such as Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Black Bolt, do you think he could form the Illuminati? Yes. 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 I do. Yes. Jeff has mentioned the new Illuminati many times on this podcast. A little bit excited about that. I think he's really wanting that to happen. I so want that to happen. Yeah, and I man, what what will happen when we... Civil War sounds exciting because we're going to have two opposing teams or whatever. But, like, what if we really, over time, build different teams? Like, you know, say the Illuminati is like a organization that's working toward one goal and the Avengers continue to work toward another goal and then they actually butt heads after a little more... A little more road uh and then there's runway. like then there's the general ross um baron zemo crossbones possibility making a thunderbolts team so like a bad guy or well pseudo bad guy team over there doing yeah. their thing That's as well awesome. oh man i liked mark amargo's comments here um we, in discussion of why Vision was worthy, Marco Margo says, if one is born of Mjolnir, then by, they, they are by extension worthy. That makes sense. Yeah. It's nice. 
I guess it could make sense. It's nice. All right. J.E. Dowdy uh, says, Wow. I thought Age of Ultron was amazing. The story was great and everything made sense. I love how it doesn't hold your hand the whole time because you're expected to know what's going on. Tony Stark puts his armor on because there's no more shield, officially. So someone has to protect the world so the Avengers reunite. It was a great film. See, that that seems to be the other end of the spectrum. Like, some people are saying things are underdeveloped and they don't tell you anything, and then other people are like, they don't hold your hand! Yeah, I love that they didn't hold my hand. I feel... See, and me... I enjoyed every minute of the movie because I didn't feel like anything was underdeveloped. It all felt, because I do this podcast and because I love it all so much and I love discussing it, I did have a lot more going into this just already in my head. Yeah, like we had a lot more insight going into it and we knew what was coming. And when they showed things on the screen and didn't develop them, we were like... We know what's going on. That's what I love about this, man. That's what I love about this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it is great. And I'm people keep talking about underdeveloped, and it's just not true. We have 11 movies of developing now and, like, four seasons of shows. We're, you know, I, I, I talk, again, I talked about Star Trek earlier. We're getting, like, close to Star Trek levels of continuity at this point. We're not there yet. We are not there, there yet. There are a lot of minutes of things. There are a lot of minutes of Star Trek. But the thing is, there's like seven seasons from each show like of Star Trek, with the exception of two of them. Um, so there's a lot. There's a long way to go, but we've already reached the number of movies that Star Trek has. It's uh, crazy to think about that. I think they might have 12 now. I think Into Darkness was 12. But that's even on technically a separate universe um so like you know our our marvel cinematic universe is getting dense and i love it i love it and i still think as i said when we were doing the uh, avengers cast i think you can absolutely make a case that you could go into this movie with no knowledge whatsoever and still enjoy it you won't understand it but you can enjoy it like the character's won't make sense. You won't know all their backstories, but it's still just eye candy. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> my quote. Not from, everybody likes just eye candy. In agreed, a movie, though. Agreed. But there's enough people out there that do. Yeah. There's enough people that went to see the Transformers movie. <laughs> I, I said it. I said it on the Avengers cast that yeah. this movie could function like a Transformers movie if you knew nothing else. If you're just going for the fight scenes, just go for the fight scenes and enjoy it. You also get some great acting, and then you hopefully you get intrigued, and you might want to go see the previous films. But you don't need any of that to enjoy it as like a great action movie. So that's um, fair. J.E. Dowdy also said on Facebook, Oh, and something I forgot. I thought the Banner-Widow relationship thing worked. Out of all the Avengers, I thought the two of them had the most in common. Banner thinks of himself as a monster who needs to stay away from people. In many ways, Widow thinks of herself the same way. When she kissed him and kicked him down that hole to make him change, I thought, wow, she really was just manipulating him. But she seemed genuinely saddened when Hulk shot off the comms when she was trying to get him to turn off stealth mode. I think she had every intention of leaving with him after the job was done. But is the job ever done? Is the job ever done? That's the question. Um, Isn't that why we fight so that we can go home? Yeah. Tony Stark. That's, 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 I don't know. 
I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think she has a home to go to and I don't think that she uh I don't think she would want to leave the life that she's in. I think she she is where she grew up and knows how to be. Um but I I I I agree with him. I said on a previous cast that I thought that the Black Widow thing was purely manipulative. I have I don't feel that way. I think I was just angry at her at the moment. <laughs> I've calmed down. Why would you do that? I have calmed down and I think that she she really does care for Banner. She really does. I think that's true. But I also think the mission is just more important. I can see that. And I got to say his his analysis of them both feeling like monsters is beautiful. Some some of you guys feedback is so good. Um <laughs> it's a wonder we don't include them on the show. What? Like they should call in. They should. They should call in. They should uh, come come be in our studio and be on the show. Uh, that's that's really really a great, um, just a really great observation. It's it's they really do feel that way, and that's that that's just beautiful. It's beautiful. I I can't, I can't say enough about how good that feedback is. Um, Joe Sanders. Uh, says so much to talk about with Age of Ultron. I liked this move. I liked the movie much better the second time, though. Didn't mind Ultron's human qualities, teeth, <laughs> because he's got teeth and it's weird. <laughs> because in a twisted way, he's aspiring to the best form of humanity. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I'm so bad at reading. <laughs> I don't think he so much hates us as is disappointed by us. And that's worse. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Mm-hmm. I also don't have a problem with Tony suiting up without any explanation. Shield fell and Hydra had to be stopped. And he's addicted to building suits of armor. So, of course, in his last year, he's built new suits to fight Hydra. Also... He and Banner had to develop Veronica, and Tony had to be in it to operate it effectively. It's not my favorite Marvel movie to date, but I imagine the extended cut will vast be vastly superior. Something I call the Two Towers paradigm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, those those Peter Jackson movies are so long. Yeah, they are. I mean, like, they were long, and then he put out, like, oh, here's another hour. I really want to see the, the the extended version of this, though. I, I, I'm I fine with Lord of the Rings. I don't hate it or anything, but I just don't care nearly as much as I care about this. True. Um, this universe. So. I used to love them. I can't watch them anymore. I watched Clerks 2, and it just ruined it for me. <laughs> I watched the... Uh, how it should have ended and it ruined it for me. That's fair. <laughs> Use the eagles! Use the eagles, come on! They're right there. I, he even said, fly, you fools. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, James Ogilvy on Facebook says, So I really enjoyed Age of Ultron. It was definitely what I expected and more. I just came across this gem and thought I would share. And yes, Matt, Vision will be in Civil War. Woo! <laughs> LOL. Also, I don't know how to feel about Martin Freeman playing a villain. I really like him as an actor, so I'm hoping for the best, I guess. Oh, and Jeff, I have read all the Hitchhiker's Guide series, and I rather enjoyed the movie. Different from the book, but still good. Keep up the good work, guys. I really enjoy the cast. Thanks, Jeff. Um, James? 
I'm glad Vision's going to be in Civil War. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. I uh, I want to see Vision in everything. I really yeah. want a Vision standalone. Maybe Vision and Scarlet Witch. Maybe. Because they were, you know, I don't know. Together. They were a thing in the comics. And but she gave him that look of like, oh my god, he saved he me. He is too good for her. <laughs> he is too good for her. <laughs> She's a bad person. And he's naive. So anyway, <laughs> and I'm glad that you liked the movie. I liked the movie before I read the books, and it it's so different that it kind of irritates me. <laughs> so, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide. I never mind different. Great books. I always like different. Different strokes, man. Different's totally fine with me. Anyway, Nathaniel Muzzy on Facebook said, Just an interesting thought. Since we saw a Scarlet Witch fly in at the end of Age of Ultron, that means all the new members can fly. War Machine, Falcon, Ooh. Vision, Scarlet Witch. Going to be awfully boring on the Quinjet with just Cap and Widow. <laughs> funny although we did see thor was riding the quinjet as was tony they all rode the quinjet but they don't need to anymore i do love the idea that they can all fly yeah and cap can get carried cap can just jump out of the quinjet whenever he feels like it. there was a picture i want to say like tony or rdj or chris evans posted last year of like tony start carrying uh, or like Iron Man carrying Captain America, and it just looked really silly. <laughs> it was like an old like '60s comic book where they're flying through the air, and it was just like really sort of cartoony animation. It's just like holding him under his armpits and flying. <laughs> it was just real funny. Or no, no, maybe it was riding on his back. I'm not sure. One of them posted it on Twitter, and I just, yeah, got a real kick out of that. All right, that's good stuff. So Matt Sai on Twitter says, uh, "I think Hawkeye's wife called him Hawk Guy, right?" I think I remembered that too. Like that, that's I, what I heard at some point. I think point. she just like kind of uh, as a jab said Hawkeye. Yeah, maybe so. She definitely made fun of his name as a superhero. Oh yeah, she poked at him. Either way, a, a Hawkeye might Hawk guy might be really funny. I don't know. Might be too close to that DC character. There's a Hawk guy. Hawkman. Oh, yeah. Or something. Anyway. Uh, Gamer Nation Radio on Twitter says, At MCU Cast, good evaluation. Check out ours if you have the time. Also, I think Tony just went back to the drawing board after Iron Man 3. Yes, he did. He did the clean slate protocol. And I still just... It didn't make sense. It seemed like he was ready to give it up. Like he was ready to give it all up for Pepper. Yeah. The the Pepper of it all is what makes it not make sense. I think it absolutely makes sense that he came back to fight Hydra. The the stuff the two of our two of our listeners pointed out, which was uh Shield has fallen, Hydra is now a thing. Yeah. Between Tony Iron Man three needed. and now Shield fell. Yeah, a lot happened and I really think that uh they were they were needed. To come back, but Cap took care of it. Cap, 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 Cap took care of t- Shield falling. I, I bet you know it was Cap his movie. Pro- Cap probably called him. Was like, all right, we got a lot to do. <laughs> uh, I just found out this thing. I also I destroyed Shield. So because because Cap didn't destroy Hydra, he destroyed Shield. <laughs> like that's fair. 
he uh, he Hydra has always been a clandestine organization. Shield has been a government organization, and he basically made Shield illegal. <laughs> Hydra's always been illegal. So like really in that movie, he did I think more damage. He, he obviously stopped Project Insight, which great job. Uh, don't let all of the superheroes die. But <laughs> uh you you really kind of did more damage to Shield than you did to Hydra. Hydra's been underground. They're good at that. They just went further underground. They were just like, okay, so keep doing that. All right, <laughs> okay. So the protocol where we're going to come out into the light, we're not doing that now. Got it. Got it. <laughs> um, we have a voicemail. Do we? We do. Hey, this is Mike from Grand Junction. So in the Ultron movie at the end. When all the Avengers get, you know, back to back to uh, stop any Ultron bots from, I guess, you know, pushing the button that would uh, drop the giant meteor to Earth. How come Thor didn't just set his hammer on that thing? Then none of the Ultron bots would have been able to lift up the hammer and get to the detonator. Well, because, Mike, if you put a hammer in an elevator, the elevator still, still goes, goes up, up and down. You know? <laughs> Elevator's uh, not worthy. <laughs> Elevator's not worthy. <laughs> that's so good. So good. But it's, it's still, that's my favorite line from that movie. I think. Um, yeah, that is fun. I like the idea of using the hammer in that way. Like, not necessarily in that scenario. I could, I couldn't see how the mechanism worked. But I really like the idea of like whatever the MacGuffin is for the movie. Like they can't get to it. Everyone's fighting over it. Just put Mjolnir on like, it. Dink. It's like. Puts down a hammer, Dink. puts the hammer down. <laughs> Drop uh, the hammer? Yeah, he drops the hammer on it. Whatever. Mission accomplished. Yeah, it's good. No one else can get to it. <laughs> Vision's still on our side, right? Then no one else can get to it. <laughs> Maybe. And I think he said it was, I, if I turn that key, it's, it's still billions dead. I think that's what it, how he said it. If I turn that key, it's still billions dead. Oh, so it was a key to turn. It was a key to turn. That so still would have prevented him from getting to it if robots are capable of being unworthy. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus, I mean, Thor had to fight with it. He had to use it to fight. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he was just going to set it down and start punching things. That lightning was kind of mission critical. Hmm. Like for survival. Yeah, that's true. He, he he was he the hammer was busy. The hammer was busy. That's a good way to put it. And as we all know, the hammer is my penis. Oh, way to bring the weed in verse in. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Alright, guys. Well, I guess we're done for tonight. We are going to get back with you next week with some Daredevil talk and feedback and kind of covering the whole show. Um We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Helicarrier Network. The Helicarrier Network of Marvel Fan Podcasts. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, and... You can call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Leave a voicemail like that guy just did. Like that guy did. Um, and if uh, any of you would uh, would like to really help us out, just go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Please subscribe slash like this episode on all of your 
uh, podcast platforms. Any of that helps us out. Uh, and we're uh, we're gonna let you go for tonight, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.